At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 635th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today is Farmer Friday, a quick gardening tidbit. Each episode will feature less than 10 minutes of essential content for your growing success. Today, we're talking with Vicki Hurd about rebugging your farm and garden. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you very much for having me, Greg. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So today we're going to talk about bugs and what can a gardener or farmer do to encourage beneficial insects in their yard? Well, it's, it's so many ways they can do this. One of the words that always comes to me when I'm thinking of this is diversity, or another word could be mess. Have more <laughs> mix of crops in, in your garden, have more things growing. And they could be things that you eat as well. So just having a larger, what in large farms we call a rotation. So mixing it up. Therefore, you're stopping providing any one pest species with the chance to really take over. You're not having a monoculture, you're having a mix, and therefore you are getting bugs that will actually eat other bugs, that will be your predators of your pest species. Your pest species won't be able to get a major hold on your whole harvest, and you'll actually be creating a great soil environment by having a mixture of plants, because they have different root lengths. And so healthier the soil, the healthier your crops or your flowers are. So many, many, that's that's one of the key things, the diversity, but also another key thing is cut out the chemicals where you can and that means chemicals like pesticides herbicides and um, insecticides but also possibly fertilizers really build in fertility into your soils into your bedding so that the animals are not hurt when they're actually entering the soil to lay their eggs or the animals that are already in the soil like the earthworms and the springtails and the ants all those things that are actually creating great soil uh, can be hurt by a massive dose of chemicals much better to build the fertility with them in mind and they do half the job for you because they're brilliant at it yeah well and you know you mentioned a really important piece that i've talked about for a long time and that's it's not just about the insecticides the herbicides it's also about the chemical fertilizers which significantly impact the health of the of the plants and the soil yeah, one wonderful thing we're doing here is our highways agency, which looks after the verges on roads, is cutting out fertilizers so to allow the wildflowers to grow because they don't like heavily fertilized soil. They don't they don't want a really enriched soil. And that way you can encourage the bugs and therefore the birds in an urban environment. It's really great that they're doing this and they don't cut them down automatically and let them seed sow seeds. So all good stuff. But it's the f- cutting out the fertilizers can actually allow a lot more diversity in your in your lawn if you can bear that, and I think you should bear that. But also in your beds and growing growing areas. Well, I've been organic here at the urban farm for thirty two years, 
And one of the things that I've noticed is over the years is that I have bugs. I don't have a bug problem. Yeah. You're doing it all right. You, yeah. you've, because you've got a whole system, haven't you? You've got an agroecological system where where there might be bugs that be a pest. They're predators of those bugs and they're eaten by them. And, and disease will keep them down. If you've got a real mixture of, of crops and trees and shrubs, you've got a whole habitat for those predators to live and you know we are when i talk to farmers i'm always talking about the features they've got on the farm around the fields because they could provide an amazing habitat for beneficial insects not just the pollinators which are clearly very important as well and there's a whole range of pollinators other than just bees there's moths spiders flies little tiny wasps all of them are great pollinators but a lot of them are also great predators like there's tiny wasps i did work on tiny predators of leaf miners i don't know if you've ever seen some of on your leaves you get these yep. white lines in them and those those are sort of mines that the bug of the leaf miner the maggot of the leaf miner creates and a wasp will lay its eggs in those maggots and as those eggs hatch out they eat the maggot right. so therefore destroy your pests and i investigated those but those tiny wasps are everywhere you probably don't even see them you think they're little flies but they're really important pest controls because they are they're called parasitoids because they actually kill their host most parasites don't necessarily want to kill their host because they need to survive but parasitoids the the eggs hatch and eat the maggots and it's an amazing thing to investigate which i did in many many years ago to see how you can really encourage the pre predators of your pests yeah when, and You'll have many in your garden. You'll have many. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because mm -hmm. uh, of the great biodiversity that I've created yeah. here. One of the things that I get a lot of from people is emails and calls that says, oh, my gosh, I have X bug or X mm -hmm. mushroom growing in my yard. How mm -hmm. do I kill it? Mm -hmm. So there's this there's this immediate yeah. fear of them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I know you're a big proponent of seeing what we can do to get past that. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's about rebugging your attitudes. Um, I talk about this <laughs> in my book, you know, rebugging your attitude to bugs and thinking not immediately, how can I get rid of them? But how can I deal with this? Are they really a problem? You know, you, you might think something's a weed, but it's only a weed because you've decided it's a weed and maybe you didn't have any control oh, right. in it being there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the weeds can be amazing places for biodiversity and for beneficial insects. But one thing is that it's just not automatically, head, you know, reaching for the chemicals or reaching for boiling water, although we did that to kill our ant nests, I remember, years ago. But you can live with a lot of bugs. But the other way you can actually deal with them is taking away their opportunity to be a nuisance by not giving them huge volumes of feed plant, for instance, so not having big monocultures. And when you've got bugs that are invading your home, you need to find out how they're getting in and just stop that. And, you know, making it unattractive for them by putting chili powder around the hole and things like that. So there's lots of ways you can actually stop pests coming to your home. And in your garden, it's all about encouraging the predators and encouraging diversity. And sometimes if you're using insecticides, you're actually destroying the bugs that can really help you. So you'll actually get a worse pest problem with all those insecticides. And I think a lot of farmers are finding that now. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things I've discovered over the years is that the herbs are amazing attractors of bugs. In fact, I yeah. this spring I had something magical happen. I had cilantro go to yeah. seed, and it's very mm. aromatic. And mm. as this, I, I let things go to seed, and this cilantro went to seed. It was about three feet tall, and as it yeah. started to dry up, it got covered with ladybug larvae. Oh, fantastic! It was fantastic. the most amazing yeah. thing. 
Yeah, and every every one of those ladybugs are fantastic predators of, of aphids. Amen. Yeah. Exactly. Ladybugs and, and lace wings as well as another one, but ladybugs are fabulous pest control. Yeah. A lot of the beetles. We have something in, in the UK now called a beetle bank. A lot of farmers put a beetle bank in the middle of their field, which encourages the beetles to come in, which then tackles the aphids in the crop. Oh you my know, gosh. What's, not, what's not to like about that and yeah. also the beetles end up being you know prey for the birds as well so you've got more birds more and birds, you yeah. like more but people always want to have more birds don't they yeah. so yeah but your cilantro is a fantastic host plant for, for those yeah. um, ladybirds yeah. yeah wow you guys are so much far farther ahead of us in the uk you've than... got some great you've got some great farmers in oh, yes. america as well you yes. do have some really good programs you also have some wonderful wild places Yes. Great yes. And we're not very, you know, big ag is so plugged into the government that it's, you know, you do a lot of policy work. It's, it's hard to make policy changes here because of that. Absolutely. They pay absolutely millions, millions and millions. And I cover that in a book I've just written about how many millions they do pay. And I look at the American system because ours isn't so bad. It's not so, so much money going into lobby. And in America, it really is. So getting any changes to your rules about safe use of or, or elimination of pesticides is really hard. Um, yeah. And you've also got incredibly big problems with monocultures oh. and soil erosion as a result of that. Yeah. You have the real desert zones with no wild animals really in them and, and massive water problems as a result as well. So, but you do have the wonderful organic farms in America and you have the wonderful wild, wild places, which are an amazing refuge for the bugs. Yeah. So you do still have a lot of great bug diversity in, in your national parks, which are incredible. Amen to that. So your book, Rebugging the Planet, The Remarkable Things That Insects and Other Invertebrates Do and Why We Need to Love Them More. It's out in September of this year. Uh, where, it is. Tell me about mm. the book and where can we find it? Yes, you can find it most good bookshops from mid-September. And it's all about what you can do. So it goes all the way from talking about why and, and what they do for us and what we can learn from them, but also many ways you can do from uh, something that will only take a minute to something that could really take over your life if you start to become part of a movement for change and you might meet new communities but also you need to engage with your politicians as we were saying really need to they need to hear from you that you want the bugs to be protected as part of a natural system that really protects us we need them more than they need us frankly oh, and we yes. need them you know yeah you know, we need them very much to help us live but we've as citizens we should be asking our politicians to do the right things there you go. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the show. Again, her book is Rebugging the Planet by Vicki Hurd. It's out in September of 2021. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. 
Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.